So today I want to talk about exchanges. You know, we all make exchanges every day in what we do in life, and maybe you realize that or not, but we do. We make exchanges. We make ex- decisions in life. Now, a lot of the exchanges we make we know are, are monetary, but as we'll see in the message, there's a lot more things that we do where we exchange things. So, you know, I'm going to give a simple definition of what exchanges are. Exchanges is when you have ownership or possession or maybe the authority or control over something, and you give that up. And for that, you receive something back. Now, hopefully what you receive back is of equal value, right? And so I know sometimes we've done things maybe where you've had exchanges and you felt like you didn't get an equal value for the exchange. But hopefully they are of equal value, uh, maybe even of more value. And possibly you exchange for something that brings value later. So as we move on, we know we, we all have free moral agency, don't we? to make decisions in life about what we want to do. And we're given this opportunity continually to make exchanges. So let's go back to Romans, if you would, with me, to Romans, the first chapter. In Romans 1, we're going to start by reading in verse 18. It says, Indeed, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven upon all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And yes, men exist today that know the truth and they suppress it with unrighteousness, ungodliness. Let's go on to verse 19. It says, because that which may be known of God is manifest among them, for God has manifested it to them. For the invisible things of him are perceived from the creation of the world being understood by the things that were made, both as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So we can see through God's work and what he's created and what he has done of his existence, don't we? Who God is. Let's go on down to verse 24. Now, it says here, for this cause, God has abandoned them to uncleanliness through the lust of their hearts to disgrace their own bodies between themselves. Who exchanged? And that's what we're going to be talking about today is the exchange. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie? And they worshiped and served the created thing more than the one who is creator who is blessed unto the ages. Amen. So we see this exchange here, the exchange made to receive a lie, to give up the truth for that. You know, they traded the way of God for what we may say, death. Now, some have knowingly done this. Let's read on now while we're here into verse 32. It says, Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who commit such things, and we didn't read through that, but all the unrighteous acts, all the things that are in rebellion against God and his word, such things are worthy of death. Not only practice these things themselves, but also approve of those who commit them. 
So yeah, in some cases, even uh, beyond approval, they, they teach others to do these things. So we know some, as we just said here, they, they know what they're doing. Others we know have been blinded and just haven't been called at this time, fall under deception. But again, some know what they've done exchanging this. So when you think about us, brethren, what, what about us, the brethren, the one who have been called? Well, you know, God's called us. And upon our calling, we repented. We entered into baptism. We received God's spirit. And we know by the grace given to us through Christ, through the blood that he gave for the forgiveness and remission of sins, we exchanged who we were to be in right standing with God and reconciled with God. To, you might say, exchange the lie that this world's in, that we were in, for for the truth. Let's go back now to Acts, the 26th chapter, Acts 26. And I want to read here what Christ told Paul. Acts 26, in verse 17, he says, I am personally, now this is Jesus Christ, selecting you from among the people and the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God so that they may receive the remission of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified through faith in me. So, brethren, we now are under the authority of God, and what a blessing that is. The ones in the the world we know are under the authority of Satan and the lie. Well, we know upon this calling we have and entering into the covenant, we continually are converted and have conversion. Let's go back to Romans in Romans 12, Romans 12, verse 1, it it says here, I exhort you, brethren, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service. So yes, when we entered into covenant, we made a commitment to do this, didn't we? To to live our lives in according to God's word and to love God in Jesus Christ. That is our spiritual service. That is our duty. That's a requirement of us. And we know these things are well-pleasing and holy towards God. Now, reading on in verse 2, it says, Do not conform yourselves to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in order that you may prove what is well-pleasing and good and the perfect will of God. So, again, as we move forward into our conversion and our walk with Jesus Christ, we transform our minds. You know, we we rid our minds of things that shouldn't be a part of us, and we put in Christ. We have a transforming of our minds and exchanging, and exchanging. And by doing this, again, we please God, and we have a better understanding. 
Let's go back now, and, and this is mentioned also in Ephesians. Let's go back to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and we'll see what Paul Paul wrote here in Ephesians 4, in verse 22. He said that concerning your former conduct, you put off the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So yes, the corruption was part of the old man. The corruption we see is in the world today. It's according to deceitful lusts. And yeah, that's how our physical minds and bodies work apart from God. They lust. They're deceived. And that you put on a new man, right? Which according to God is created in righteousness and holiness of the truth, right? That's what we've been talking about, the truth. The new man, who we need to be, this is how we should be. This is how when we entered again into covenant, we were to move forward in this way and walking in this way. So we know we get continued spiritual blessings. And we talked about exchanges earlier, and hopefully with an exchange, we feel like we got more value out of the exchange or a continued value that growed and developed has grown and developed. And yes, we have with this exchange we've made. We have more spiritual blessings and more spiritual understanding. As we do these things, we build the mind, the very mind of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, we all of us hope that everyone that God calls, whether at this time or in the future or maybe at the second resurrection, God, the ones God will be working with and will know who God and Jesus Christ are, that Everyone comes to repentance. Everyone reaches a point where they say, yes, I want to make an exchange. I want to exchange the lie for the truth and be in covenant with God. Let's read back in Acts again. Go back to with me to Acts 17, if you would. And we're going to read what Paul said here at Mars Hill. Acts 17. In verse 29, it says, Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we should not think that the Godhead is like that which is made of gold or silver or stone or graven thing of art devised by the imagination of man's. Similar to what we were reading there in Romans, the first chapter. It says, For although God has indeed overlooked the times of of this ignorance. And here's the important thing we're going to read now. He now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has set a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, having given proof to all by raising him from the dead. So it's pretty clear here. This is a command that all men everywhere repent. And why? Well, because God sent his son. God manifested in the flesh to become a perfect sacrifice for us, for all men. So sins could be forgiven and we could be again reconciled to God. Let's go back now to Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. 
Now, this is the message that needs to be preached to the world. The message of repentance. But again, we all have the ability to make decisions. We all have the free moral agency that's given to us to decide what we want to do, if we want to make that exchange or not. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 10, it says, If you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord with your God with all your heart and with all your soul, for this commandment which I command you today is not hidden from you, neither is it far off. And that stands true for today, doesn't it? God's word exists today. We have his written word inspired. And the word will be preached to the whole world and is. Now, it is not it is not in heaven that you should say, who shall go up to heaven for us or bring it to us so that we may hear it and do it. Neither is beyond the sea that you should say, who should go over the sea for us to bring it to us so that we may hear and do it. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart so that you may do it. He says, Behold, I said before you this day, life and good and death and evil. Again, the same message that's preached today. And that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments so that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God shall bless you in the land where you go to possess it. If your heart turn away so that you will not hear and shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, again, the other exchange where you give up the truth for a lie, it says, I denounce it to you this day that you shall surely perish, and you shall not prolong your days on the land where you go pass over Jordan to go to possess it. He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you, again here, life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life so that you, both you and your seed may live and that you may love the Lord your God and may obey his voice and may cleave to him. For he is your life and the length of your days so that you may dwell in the land which the Lord Swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to give it to them. So these these same promises, this same word, as we're reading here, brethren, it, it applies today. Well, we know man meets God. Maybe man doesn't realize this, but man does need God and needs the truth. Let's see what Jeremiah writes. If you'll turn with me back to uh, Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. Jeremiah 10, in verse 23, he writes, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his steps. So no, it's not in man to be able to do these things. It's in God and a knowing of the truth, and God leading us in his truth. We need God in our lives, everyone. 
We need to come out of what Paul was told, to come out of under the authority of Satan and come under the authority of God. Let's go back to Proverbs, and we'll read a a scripture in Proverbs 14 that complements this. Proverbs 14, verse 12. It says, There is a way which seems right to man, but the end thereof is the way of death. So, brethren, we need God. This world needs God. This world needs the return of Jesus Christ. But let me point out something here very clearly. Satan has a different thought. Satan has a different idea. He wants man to believe differently. He wants man to believe that man can lead themselves, that man can make decisions for themselves about what is right and what is wrong. They don't need God. They don't need truth. That's the lie Satan continues to put out into this world with this spirit that's in the world, this spirit of darkness, this evil spirit. And we know that the deception behind that, because what Satan wants to achieve in this is the destruction of man, the total corruption of man, because, again, it's not in man to lead and direct himself. Well, brethren, God's way is perfect. It's a perfect way, isn't it? Let's go back to Psalm. Psalm 18 and verse 30. It says here, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. It is a shield to all those who take refuge in it. It, It's simply the way of God is a, a perfect way. And there, there is no other way. It's, it's perfection. When we choose this life in this way, we have chose the perfect way that God has designed. It's who God is. While we're here, let's go to chapter 19 and verse, read verse 1 and 2. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the formation proclaims his handiwork. Day after day, they pour forth speech. And night after night, they reveal knowledge. Again, isn't that kind of what we read there being talked about in Romans 1? The works of God profess who God is. His power, his authority. And we see that. Some deny that. But we see it. And that does speak to us. It does reveal to us the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. Let's go down to verse 7. It says, the law of the Lord, it's perfect. It's perfect. Restoring the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. It says, more to be desired than gold, yea, much fine gold, sweeter than also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. So, brethren, you know, when we came to the knowledge of the truth, 
Look at what we learned. We have found the perfect way. We live under a law that's perfect. It's only through the calling and this conversion that we can come to this mind. And brethren, as time goes on, don't we understand more and more about God and who in his love and who his son Jesus Christ is and what's been done for us and truly how perfect their way is. The exchange we made, it continues to add value to us. And we can see and understand these things better. There is no other way than this. Let's go back to Ephesians 5. In verse 1, and, you know, as we go through Ephesians 5 here, this, this again, are the things we think about in how we live our lives and what we've done and what we've accomplished and what we need to continue to be doing. Now, it says here in verse 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Okay, so that's that's the goal is to imitate God in Jesus Christ, right, as the, as the children of God. And we do that, we know, by continued study and prayer and meditation and and we have God's spirit, you know, that has sealed us to help with that. It says, and walk in love, even as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But it goes on to say here, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetedness do not permit it even to be named among you as fitting for saints. And yes, those things we don't want to be a part of us. The saints is in, in the church. It says, nor filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not becoming, but instead thanksgiving. So again, those those are the things we exchanged, we got, we got rid of. For this you know that no fornicator or unclean person or covetous person who is an adulterer has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And it's their kingdom that we're going to be entering into. And if these things aren't repented of, those who won't repent and refuse to, you know, and there will be some that will refuse to repent. They will continue on with, they want to do things their way. They want to believe that they have the right to make their own choices about life and what they can and can't do. Those who are a part of this and unrepented, they won't have a part in the kingdom. I says, do not let anyone deceive you with vain words, for because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And yeah, there are those who want to deceive with deceitful, vain words. So we just need to take note of those and pay attention to that. It says, therefore, do not be joint partakers with them, It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. Again, talking about, yeah, what we were, but that's not who we are today. Because the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is well-pleasing to the Lord. It says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention the things that are being done by them in secret. But all those things being exposed by the light are openly revealed. Therefore, he says, you who are sleeping, wake up. 
and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you. So the message again to the world, wake up. Exchange this. Come to God and come to Jesus Christ. So the light can shine upon you. The light of God's word, the light of the truth. So then take heed that you walk circumspectly, but not as fools, but as those who are wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And brethren, when we talk about exchanges and the opportunity, we have to continually exchange in our conversion. Time is very important. How we use our time and what we do with it. Because that is an exchange, brother. And what, what, how you use your time is an exchange. And you want value back from a spiritual standpoint with the time that we have. For this reason, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, let's uh, conclude then in Romans the second chapter, if you'll go back to Romans with me, and we'll conclude in the second chapter. So we covered some of the scriptures there in the, in the first chapter, but there's a good summary here that Paul gives about the outcome of the exchange. Those who make an exchange for the truth are those who want to hold on to the lie and to their own way. Romans 2 Verse 5, it says, But you, according to your own hardness and unrepented heart, are storing up wrath for yourself against the day of wrath and revelation of God's righteous judgment. And that time's coming. Who will render to each one according to his own works. It says, On the one hand, to those who with patient endurance in good works are seeking glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. So, brethren, that's what we're all seeking. But he says here, on the other hand, to those who are contentious and who disobey the truth, reject the truth, teach others to reject the truth, but obey unrighteousness, become servants of that. It says to them, indignation and wrath tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man who works out evil, both to the Jew first and of the Greek. He says here in verse 10, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who works good, both to the Jew first and to the Greek. And that's again what we're looking forward to. We have in this life, peace knowing what we do but we're looking for the glory the full glory and the honor that will be given to us in the complete peace being in god's kingdom it goes on to say here because there is no respect of persons with god so brethren we'll just conclude by saying uh, what a blessing it is for us to be in the church to have the calling we have and to be able to exchange the lie the deception, the life we lived in for the truth of God, for the opportunity we have to be in God's kingdom.